actually going to start off uh, to kind of introduce uh, my guest today. I've got with me Ishtar. Ishtar is a lot of things, you know. Uh, I mean, I was reading his uh, profile and he's a Ishaya monk. He's a life and a spiritual coach. He's also an astrologer. So uh, a lot of things, but uh, I actually kind of came across you, Ishtar, on an Instagram page that popped up. And it was uh, kind of uncanny because uh, I was really like, you know, uh, choosing my guests and I was like, you know, wondering uh, who should I reach out to today? And I think you reached out to me. That, that is so interesting because, um, well, you, 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 you got, to be clear, you did get in touch with me, but I don't yeah. do much on Instagram. I don't have any ads, nor do I really um, post a lot of uh uh, what people would consider spiritual content yes. which is so it's fascinating that we we ran into each other yes it was yeah. it was really like you know i mean uh, i was like you know because i've never your page has never popped up on my profile or feed okay but that was the one they did and i just intuitively felt this was the right thing to do so i said let me see if i can you know take out a little i mean if this start can take out a little time for me like you know i mean i i just assumed you wouldn't respond though by the way so mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, but let's, you know, what's the harm in asking, you know, like why not ask? Like, you know, sometimes they say the squeaky wheel gets the, you know, oil. So I yes, said, let me yes, just yes. be the squeaky wheel here and just check. So thank you, Ishtar, you know, thank you so much for joining in. Um, I was, I'm so looking forward to have this conversation with you because I have a lot of questions and I think more will pop up. So yes. I'm going to actually just try to uh, start from the beginning. So the people who are hearing you for the first time, um, they kind of get to know uh, what the background is. So I believe you trigger into what we term as a spiritual life. I mean, I'm just using these words because I don't have any other, uh, you know, started from a space of loss. Uh, there was a car accident and you were quite young at that point. Um, you lost your mother uh, to the mm -hmm. accident. Yeah. And you also had an NDA like a near-death experience, which uh, had a very profound uh, impact on you, even pushed you into a state of stillness or samadhi, as we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. but, uh, you know, like before I let you kind of speak, so I'll tell you a couple of things that crossed my mind when I read that was, uh, I have read about many near-death experiences. I myself have, have gone through a very, you know, small opening that I have experienced as well in a car accident not as uh, profound as you it, it didn't last for long or anything i mean there was something i experienced that's all but uh, even though people have you know very uh, profound experiences a samadhi state is not something i've heard of like where the mind is pushed into a stillness okay mm. so for me that was a very new thing and um, um so and the next thing that crossed my mind was like um especially here in india uh wherever we talk about people who've experienced stillness or samadhi and things like that, we never think of those things as accidents. We always believe there is a backstory to it, maybe from a different life, maybe five chapters before, you know, it's never that one chapter. So um, that was probably just the moment, but there is definitely what we call preparation in another lifetime, uh, which got you to that moment. It's not like, oh, I just stumbled upon it. There has been work, which probably you're not aware of, 
at that moment, but then it comes to light later. So first, if you could just, you know, tell us what exactly happened. And then later, did you ever like piece it together from a different perspective where you saw like the whole picture, so to say? Okay, okay, so two questions. <laughs> two uh, questions. Yeah, and, and, I, and, and actually to, to sort of um, set up, I, I had a lot of, um, looking back, you know, when I had a more, uh, I don't know, an expanded spiritual vocabulary or something like that after the accident, uh, looking back at my childhood, uh, my experiences up to, to, even up to 13, but especially up to age seven, I, I, there were a lot of clues that, that, you know, that my nervous system was in some way predisposed to, to have, have that sort of experience in that sort of way and, and to have the samadhi. Well, I've, I've also heard other people, uh, there's so many different types of near-death experiences. So I've certainly okay. know some other people who've maybe gone all the way to the core, which is okay. what I, okay. I think of as, as opposed to the intermediate sort of um, uh, layers of consciousness. But, but I, I had this, this sort of connection to stillness up until age six or seven, even as the personality was developing and its language was developing. And neither of those things actually pulled, uh, pulled the me out of that sense. I remember uh, going around the room and telling my mother, I am the shelf and I am the thing and I am the thing because I was okay. learning how to say I am the, but there was a, but, and so, the, but there wasn't a sense of being completely localized to, you know, some sort of captain's chair behind the forehead driving a little ego device that that and, and then you know grade school came and I kind of lost that but uh, you know when you grow up in something you don't think it's anything special or anything different or anything worth paying attention to necessarily you actually I wanted to you know go uh, become be a kid you know or, right. or, or you know so, so yeah. after that so 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 looking back I was predisposed and, and but in the car in the accident um, uh, you know it was it was interesting because there was some uh, a precognitive experience um, the night before, and there was kind of a bunch of sort of, uh, you know, looking back, I could see I was really, even that day um, of the accident, finding myself going into that, um, you know, what I would later call a, the, a deep witnessing consciousness, walking around in samadhi. I just, I didn't have any words uh, to express what that was, that, that something in me knew that something big was on the horizon, you know, so it was yeah. preparing for something. And, and so it was just, a, we were, you know, just driving out, you know, to cross a highway. And I was just turning, turning my head to the left to talk to my mother. And there was, um, you know, a giant car just outside her door going probably really, really fast. And that, you know, I would have expected my body, myself to panic you know, and really <laughs> seize up, but the, the complete opposite happened, you know, there's no um, volition on my part, really, it, I had enough time to think the word, oh, shit, uh, but instead of, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, yeah, like that, it was almost like that, like, uh, you know, because I was like, I was completely certain these were my last seconds of this physical existence, this was it, and I was at peace with that somehow, it, it, there wasn't a fight, and, and that just kind of, that just kind of deepened um, in, in the in the milliseconds right before getting knocked out uh, from the impact, and 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 there was the life review that people talk about. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 before that, I had this thought. I this kind of thought came across my mind from the deep, really deep place. Like I really thought this incarnation was going to be longer than thirteen years. Huh. 
you know, so I was pretty much at peace that my, 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 the goose was cooked, so to speak. And, and, and the, the whole, and then I had this, I'd always wondered as a kid about the, the phenomena of the life review. I thought, how can an entire life flash before someone's eyes and in just milliseconds? It seemed incredible to, to my very rationalistic mind um, at, at the time, but there it was in complete detail, like running linearly back, at, at least at the start. Uh -huh. Um, every single scene in complete detail. What was interesting to me that I'd never heard of in accounts before was that as I went through it, I was, I was being immersed in that vast witness consciousness. And, 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 and often in my childhood, I'd, I'd come into contact with, with it, but it often felt like a separate entity to, to the little ego self. And I often didn't like when it came around because it used to be saying like, that's a really bad idea. You know, not, <laughs> not, not even in a judgy when I hated it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And then, I'd, and then I'd realize, oh, that was a really bad idea. And, and uh, but I was uh, in this experience, I was completely there with that space. I've, I've, there was a sense of immersion as if like the little tiny ego self was being melted into the vast ocean of, of, of that presence as we were looking at this tiny little 13 year life. I mean, it was really short. Uh, and, and of course, the, the interesting thing was we would focus on the places where there were knots in my nervous system, where, where, there, was, where there was resistance against love or resistance against what is, as some people like to use that yeah. term. And, and we would see it in, in clear detail and then it would be released you know, and forgiven. I would forgive myself and I forgive everybody else I had a grudge with. And when we got to the end of sort of the end of the line, everything I, I was, you know, it was just an undifferentiated light or bliss or love or whatever word you want to, you know, um, right. attach to that very uh, difficult to describe experience. And, you know, so for about, you know, a little bit more of a split second, I found myself, you know, still in my body, you know, haven't even been hit by the other car yet. Just looking at everything and, and the clouds of the distance and the dashboard of the car, my mother's shoulder, the car about to hit us. And, uh, and there was just a sense of, my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's, it's, everything's made of love. Oh my God, the whole time I, I was, I was mistaken all these years. Well, how, how was I so silly to think that not everything was made of love? These are all the kind of the, these fast moving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. So, so, you know, you know, that's, and, and then I was hit and of course, um, uh, uh, came to uh, concussed and, you know, got the news in the hospital that my mother had not survived. And, um, you know, lots of grief as, as you'd expect from anybody. And, you know, I was fairly well educated, in a, you know, maybe a bunch of things at the time. So I figured this experience I was still kind of having, you know, this, I had this sense of detachment and quietude. I thought, oh, this, this reads a lot like shock. So that's what I figured was going on with me, you know, yeah. like, of course, and I, I know shock was involved too. But after, after some time, uh, I, I kind of got the clue that, you know, something else had, was happening because if this was shock, like sign me up for it, uh, <laughs> because there was this, this kind of, I wasn't, you know, so many things that I, you know, just two weeks before or a week before had been really stressed out by and afraid of, I just wasn't. And, and there was, there was zero fear of death um, to the point where I realized how afraid of death I actually was, even at age 13. I had been so, I was just deeply unconsciously afraid of a great many things and resisting. And here I was living without that resistance. I felt like I could, I could run a hundred miles per hour. I felt so light. So this was an interesting, uh, this, this to me was, was different. Uh, there was this vast quietude 
just seemingly within me and without me and everywhere. And, and I realized that I could sort of at will relax into it. And whenever I did that, all this um, like uh, joy or happiness or bliss would flood up through my body, up my spine. And so I, I was having fun playing with it. It was like going on and off wow. with a light switch, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, and a kid, a kid would do that, you know, be like, oh, let's yeah. try this. Oh, <laughs> and, and but all, all the while that this was going on, and I was also being a grieving teenager. And it was so weird because uh, I was, these experiences were side by side and did not push each other out. You know, that this silence was very embracing and even allowed me to, you know, I remember going into the garage and being just so angry that my mother had been taken from me and I was punching the door, punching the wall with that anger, but that even expressing that anger was not, was not breaking the state. So I was like, okay, cool. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I sort of grew up curious about a lot of mystical things and spiritual things, but you know, the, the word enlightenment or concept associated with that were, were never really in my, in my palate so much. I, I, I just figured, okay, this is interesting. And, and then, you know, over, over the next two to three months, it sort of stayed around through my summer and kind of faded as it was time for me to go back and be like a proper teenager again. And only only when I became a proper teenager again, it, it's just like it was just, you know, grief and suffering, like like much worse than anything. Um, and and so yeah, that's kind of what happened. And did I piece it together? Oh, I did. You did. Uh, that was just, how, yeah, how long did it you know, take so, you to see it from that perspective? Like you know, I mean, you obviously would view it like you know, if you have. Um, it was it was it was instant. It was it was actually instant for me. I think part of it was because I, I forgot to mention here in our in our discussion that the, the night before the accident, I had this strangely strong uh, precognition as I was talking to my mother yeah. the night before that came through, and I thought, "Are you going to die soon?" I was completely. Wow. I, I didn't think about the sentence. There was this. There was no distance between wherever it came from and coming out my mouth, and it, it shocked me. That shocked my mother. It rang, it rang sort of the truth bell of the nervous system. And we were both kind of, and she's like, yeah, not for a while. It's like, okay, I felt reassured. But you know, that I think that I, I was getting this kind of download, mm. this, this sort of clue through this connection. I, I wasn't surprised, you know, when, when after the car accident, there was a level of me that was there enough that I was like, oh yeah, I, I could see why this is the case. It's just something in me knew like, yeah, this, this, I, this was kind of supposed to happen, you know, even as, the, even as at other levels of consciousness, it'd be like, oh, fuck this, you know, this is terrible. Uh, just not with it. There was enough, there was enough of it in the core that was like, yeah, but we kind of, and, and this, it made sense in a lot of different ways, uh, but definitely in that sort of gestalt sort of whole, you know, everything yeah. is in its place way it, it you know from there it, it, it certainly made sense but I, I saw little bits of the tinier bits of the puzzle uh that that were there that I kind of had had felt my whole life but these are you know we don't often pay attention to these subtle feelings that don't seem right. to have much to do with our immediate present they, they uh, unless we're in a more relaxed uh, state of consciousness so you know because uh, would you say like I mean this is something I've read about and I feel it intuitively as well like every soul uh, they kind of predetermine, uh, I mean, the soul kind of predetermines certain events in the life that yeah. it chooses to, you know, and you have fellow souls also who come to give impetus for a certain reason. I mean, you know, uh, it's a combination uh, somewhere. Like, yes. you know, yeah. Somebody will yeah. 
inflict something either a good way or a bad way to put it that way to create an impetus for each other for whatever the purpose the soul has it made a, it made a great deal of sense in that in that manner and and it was I, I just kind of knew there was something about um one i knew that would be the type of thing just felt that uh, an accident something like that that brings me pretty close to the gates of death would be probably one of the better alarm clocks i could ever muster and and two i also knew that the the um the wound the core wounding that it, that it didn't seem to be something new to me that that some some sort of multi-lifetime theme of of loss of of loneliness seemed to make a great deal of sense for whatever for no reason in particular just intuitively it, it made a great deal of sense that 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 would need to be pricked again in order to produce a certain a certain kind of opening in, in order to have a certain type of type of experience to to move through in this life it was it just seemed right. part of the, in the christian term that was my cross to bear so to speak it, it yeah. was the my my sacrifice to part of my sacrifice to give unto brahman you right. know it just made all that yeah. sense yeah so and this happened when you were like about 13 so that's kind of a very young age you know so um how many years later did you like finally start like you know getting into meditation and things like that was it like uh, over a shorter period of time like this is where i wanted to ask you you um you speak about the shire tradition i have never really heard about it so can you <laughs> tell us more about this because i was like oh this sounds really cool so um can you tell us where like how did you get into that like did you have a teacher god well it, it 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 took me a little bit um and honestly i'm glad that i i i um you know I, my school year started basically and, and the school year meant i was going to you know basically really be focused on everything involved with that and the, the internet really wasn't hot when i was in those days when i was growing up i mean it's like you know it takes 10 minutes for a simple web page yes. to load so it's not yeah. like you can you're doing a lot of research there the beep beep sound. Uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all, all of that so you know the local library was much more my friend for it. but it, it wasn't until i went to a metaphysical bookstore for the first time with my big sister she was shopping for incense and other things i went I, I went to hang out in the back where the books were, which is kind of, you know, fallback happened. I picked up a book and it was on um, uh, the experiences of, of different Himalayan yogis, both um, of, of sort of a, you know, Hindu orientation and a Buddhist orientation, mm -hmm. kind of a sort of a big survey book of different meditative experiences. I just opened at random to a certain page. I was talking, it was talking about different stages of consciousness. And as I kept reading, I got intrigued. Like, this sounds an awful lot like what I was experiencing last year that I really, that I really want to get back to because I was already trying to get back to it, but through really crazy methods. Like I thought, oh, it must have been my because I came so close to death, that must be the thing that that uh, that could free you from, yeah. from all this bullshit. And, and so I was doing kind of some dangerous stuff. Like, I mean, I was being cautious about it. Like, I was like, I better not kill the body, but we got to come as close as yeah, we and can. And just create that <laughs> tipping point. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was what I was going for. So I was jumping off of progressively larger heights uh -huh. and I was jumping out of moving vehicles. Uh, oh, lovely. And, and, it, and, it, and then that wasn't working great. And I was like, when I almost broke my arm, uh, I was like, yeah, we better not because I'm not, my, my dad would get upset if I broke my arm <laughs> doing this. So I started telling everybody um, uh, uh, things that were like very 
frightening for me to, for, for the ego self to disclose. I started just telling secrets to people that were embarrassing, but then I ran out of embarrassing secrets. So that wasn't working anymore. Cause actually that actually worked a little bit. The more, if oh, I did really? that, okay. I would, okay. my nervous system would get to a clear point if I had no secrets and, and ah, okay. I would get a little bit close to, to that, that place. But it, you know, as I said, I ran out of secrets at the time. So it, it was, and it wasn't that effective. So yeah, this book was a godsend, but it took me a while to really get to meditation. I didn't have good teachers around. Um, I did have a, a great, friend and mentor come in who was one of the working as one of the local psychics but you know before she was working as a local psychic she was also a, a many uh, a teacher of transcendental meditation for many years oh, okay. and, and she was saying you ought to go to fairfield iowa which is the the tm center in the united mm -hmm. states basically and i felt a real connection and draw to this transcendental meditation that she was talking about but at the same time i felt there was a very clear from my from the depths kind of came in so like not, not not this life not quite supposed it's not quite and i was like okay, this is not right. your path so, yeah exactly so so you know even though it felt like my path i was like oh i i don't think i'm ready for for trans she offered to teach me in exchange for for doing um her her yard work for a summer <laughs> which seemed like a great because i didn't have money really of my, of my own to pay their fees uh which was wonderful but i just had, I had to turn it down and, and then over, over the next few years, I kind of started learning meditation from any source I could, visiting teachers, coming to town, giving workshops, uh, books, anything that was available in my local area, which wasn't necessarily a lot. So right. it's, you know, not New York City or something mm -hmm. like that. It's middle of, middle of nowhere in, in many ways. Uh, and, and then, you know, this, this ascension thing kind of came out of left field. Um, and they're actually this Ashaya tradition, this 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 thing, because it, yeah, it's definitely not a big sort of thing. Uh, it's it's not not as certainly not as well known as transcendental meditation mm -hmm. or, or any of the any of the older kind of you know you know versions of Zen or Chan or or okay. you know, those are the big ones in in the in the U.S. Uh, I, I remember actually I looked at its website. It must have been 1998, very early in my search, or 99. And, and the website was saying something about stress release. And that meant nothing in my mind. I was like, stress release? What, what kind of crap is this? Healing stress release? <laughs> nah, that's not what I'm looking for. It sounds like a bunch of new age crap that they try to, they try to you know, rearrange the deck chairs of somebody's, you know, you know some, some gullible uh, middle-aged American. So, so I kind of let that be. Then, then I was introduced to a fellow at, at the grocery store by another friend at school who said, you got to meet this guy. You talk about a lot of the same stuff. And so next time I was at the grocery store, I, I went and, and, I, and I met him and he started telling me about his time on a retreat with these people called the Ishayas. And he was talking about Ascension. I was 16. I had no clue what he was talking about, but I, I did that thing where I sort of pretended that I did. Like, you uh -huh, nodded your uh -huh. head. <laughs> I, yeah, I, and I also did say, uh-huh. Uh, okay. I, I did the full, <laughs> the full pretense game right there. <laughs> so then I kind of forgot about about that uh he had big eyes you know when he was talking about this stuff it's like oh my god either he really got something there or it's kind of culty uh <laughs> I, you know i didn't know which, which right. was, you know kind of being very yeah. cautious about that too uh, so so that was that was that and then i i learned a bunch of meditation techniques from this book you know i, I don't necessarily recommend learning from books but that's what i had available and it was this lost teachings of atlantis book and, and, ah, okay. and, and some of it some of what they were teaching was actually straight up vipassana uh, as, as i found out later and I, I you know 
had some instruction in that later on. Uh, but other stuff, it was just like this potpourri of practices, but something in my consciousness, there, there was this monk inside me. That's what I called it. I, I, I was a little bit afraid of meditation because like I was part still trying to be um, live a life that was acceptable by my family uh, and, and by my yes. surrounding society. I was trying to resurrect the, the, the interests of the personality that, that was there before the NDE, but it was so difficult. I just couldn't, but I was still trying. So, and, and there was this part that, you know, deep inside me, which I was calling the, the crazy monk, which was, if I opened the door to that, that he would just come box, out. There's, yeah, there's no telling what's going to happen. There's, there'll be no more control, you know, this <laughs> life. So that, and meditation, I, 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 meditation was, I deeply associated with that, that box. And so I was, I was, I was, you know, in some ways a little bit intimidated, you know, like where, where is this going to go? And uh, it also didn't help that a lot of the books, you know, would, would tell me like, if you meditate enough, you'll get enlightened, but then you won't exist anymore. So that I was very literal minded. So like, what the, what the hell do you mean by that? What's the point then? What are you talking about? Actually, I do think they're, they're, they're poorly phrased, but anyways, a little bit too nihilistic. Um, and, and, and so, uh, you know, eventually I started doing like six hours a day of different these meditations because I, I, I at about 17 and a half, I just like, I got to do this. I have to do this. I have to go open that box because I think that's why this, this is why I had that car accident. This is what I'm on the earth for. This is why I had all those early experiences that something in that that's the role I'm supposed to play. And, and so I just said, well, I'll just, you know, I, I could do this now and then I'll, maybe I'll go to college or university and I'll maybe have time for two hours of meditation a day, but that'll be okay. That was the compromise. I said, okay, we'll, we'll go. And, and then I, I was doing this, I was fasting and um, that, that just kind of led one day I was coming home and, and the same fellow who I met at the grocery store was now dating my sister <laughs> ah, okay. and, and they were soon to be married eventually. Uh, and, and, no and they, they, um, no, no escaping him. He's, he's just, just he's a tenacious, tenacious. <laughs> he's just there. Uh, but but then he, I, I came up to the, the the front stoop of my house, back from when, from cleaning up the streets, literally. And he said, "Do you want to go to a, a meditation course like this next weekend?" And I said, "Sure." Uh, you know, and and it, which was strange because I was famous in those days for refusing almost everything if it if it would. Um, if it would uh, contradict with my meditation schedule. So, but I, I found this, yes, at the, the night before I had prayed to Babaji, I'd been praying for like a week to Babaji after reading Yogananda's autobiography, he made this promise somewhere where he said, anybody who sincerely yeah. uh, prays to Bob, invokes Babaji's name, it's like, okay, Yogananda, take me up on this. You better not be <laughs> BSing me. So it's just, yeah. I, every time I got to the deepest point of my, what felt like the deepest part of meditation at night, I just send out these pleas from my heart, you know, to be shown my path because I, I, I didn't, I knew I was supposed to go to a monastery, but I just didn't know where, and I didn't even know what tradition I just wanted to, to, you know, follow in the footsteps of, of the Buddha and St. Francis and every monastic that was just felt like that's what I needed to do. And, and so, you know, right after um, doing those prayers for the week, there's this invitation. And I could, when I said, yes, it wasn't me saying yes. I mean, it was me, but it was the deep self just moving my mouth. I could feel that. Babaji like, right, did hear you. Gonna do this. I think Babaji did hear me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, so one, one night, when, the last night when I sent down the prayer, 
a giant, like I had this feeling and I, I like to and always invite people to be skeptical of, I was very skeptical of these subjective experiences, but had the sense of like something beautiful orb being placed down into the top of my mm -hmm. head, you know, which, which gave it, had, a, had its own sort of musical um, frequency to it. And, and when, when uh, I said yes to, to this invitation, that meditation class, there was that frequency really loud. Okay. And, and so this to me was like a kind of like a, I was taking it as a clue. Uh, anyways, that, that, that's how I found this, this thing, because otherwise I wouldn't necessarily be drawn to it. The marketing was not my flavor of this practice. Um, I, I, I don't think the organizations have ever been that great. Uh, you know, even the founders a little kind of, uh, if you look as a rationalist and a skeptic and a historian and, you know, have two feet on the ground, there's a lot of things that, that, that ring the cult bell, uh, with, yeah. with the, uh, with the practice. And, and those would usually be off-putting to me, but when, when I got in there, went to the class, tried the technique, I was just completely blown away, uh, by how effortless, how easy it was in my case. And it had this in my whole life, there had been this sort of also this kind of subtle background thing in my heart. You know, when I was trying to, where am I supposed to go? What's my path? I would get, I would get whispers of this coming through. Um, and, and when I was doing that practice, there, that, that space was completely present and loud and open and clear. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, for, for better or worse, this this weird practice is the one that that I've been that that's kind of my home practice in this life. So that's that's how. So, I so it, it felt like coming home. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Just to put it in put it in one sense, that it felt like coming home. Yes, yeah. So did did you continue staying there? Like, is it like a you know like kind of a monastery uh, kind of a setup where you kind of leave and you go and stay for a couple of months or years? Or what 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 is what what, what did you do? Well, yeah that, that's so yeah. yeah because i remember reading you have uh, you uh, practice meditation for good seven eight hours a day and you know that that's not easy because even the physical body doesn't take that much um oh so that that's very intense meditation you know because uh, to sit for eight hours even the physical body needs a certain kind of preparation oh sure so, oh sure well well, the, the, there's something here that, that makes that easy. Like we, we don't have to be in lotus posture to do this practice. So first that, that um, and I, I will tell anybody that uh, your prana and your kundalini, you could be inverted upside down. They're going to flow where they want to go. It doesn't matter if that's part of the consideration. That, that you don't have to wakefulness. Sit in, you, yeah. But you don't have to sit yeah. in lotus yeah. position, even sitting on a chair for eight hours. I mean, yeah. Right. It's, it's well, not, you could be reclined with this. You could lay down to do this practice or be reclined. But, ah, but, okay. yeah, but I will say that even just reclined or even in a chair, because some people that's comfortable with, with this practice, I, I, I was able to do it. And, and because before, man, it was hard for me when I would do when I was doing like four to six hours a day. Yeah. Um, before this, I mean, I was like, yeah, that was a little I, I was turned into kind of a hard ass uh, to, to do all that. And with this one, it was completely easy. I mean, I could be sitting and there'd be so much, my body would be in such a deep state of relaxation that I, that it's like I could stay there for, I would complain to get up from it. So you know, you're, making it sound, you're making it sound easy, but I think like, you know, it's not about that posture really, but you know, this the, 
intent when we start when you when we are meditating like you know even if you're sitting yeah. like or let's say reclining um yeah. there are these tendencies in the mind that creeps in and like okay let's get up let's do something so oh sure oh sure oh sure you know to keep yeah. the physical body there just to it's um, yeah that, again yeah i don't want to make something sound like some sort of um, you know too good to be true too easy sort of panacea yeah. cure all or anything like that uh, you know, there, there certainly are challenges that someone has to walk over. But that said, I did find the challenges with this modality far, the hurdles were far easier than with other ones. Right. I, I, I think simply because there was such a natural pleasure um, involved and such a relaxation that even when the sort of the stuff starts coming up, which happens, yeah. and that's something that kicks people off is, is that, yeah, you, if, if you had repressed a bunch of feelings when you were four or five and have been doing so for a while, if you sit in this long enough and are relaxed, that lid is going to get loosened and they're going to come out. And that's good. And some people aren't going to be necessary. So there are, you know, for all the ascetics listening, you can have all, there's plenty of uncomfortableness that has to be, you know, uh, yeah. gone through. But, but yeah. you know, the whole thing about being, being restless, you know, like, oh my God, I got to get up. Oh, I got this sucks. I got to get, um, that, that was so much easier even, even though, you know, certainly feel that, but it's, it's just kind of partially because, you know, in, in kind of this sort of practice or in like transcendental meditation or other similarly effortless ones, there isn't an active fight against thinking. Right. And so because there's no fight against the mind and no really fight against trying to keep thoughts out or trying to concentrate, it, they, they actually they they become much much less obstructive right. so you know if you're if you're accepting the anxiousness and and again here it becomes kind of easy to actually to accept it you know um uh, because there's some relaxation that's there uh, it, it's kind of like in the way that say maharishi Mahesh yogi and, and others of his ilk were, were, were sort of uh, criticizing what yoga had been had become and saying like no no there's there's no set you don't have to go through seven steps and then you get samadhi that's all wrong. You go samadhi first, and then all these things happen. Yeah. Um, as 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 byproducts, and and so it's kind of along those lines. Like, you know, there there just seem to be some simple mechanisms that will turn most human nervous systems, at least getting into the direction of right. falling into samadhi. Like the, the 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 monkey mind is naughty, but it but it has ideal bananas, and if you could just feed it those bananas, it starts to become increasingly cooperative. That, that sort of notion. Yeah, you know, what you just said, because there are like, you know, a lot of um, literature, even in the yogic tradition, where they say, like, uh, once the Kundalini rises, the body automatically settles in. You don't need to fight it. I mean, uh, you, it's not always like you need to go through certain rigorous practices of yoga. I mean, uh, it may seem so, but it's not the way. Sometimes, like, you can, when the I'm using the word kundalini yes. just as a thing, but when it rises, just this energy in within you, the body automatically settles down. Yes. So you don't yes. need to fight it or anything. And it, you know, it's uh, that's where they talk about grace as well. Um, yes. Thank you. Yes. Know, accepting uh, grace in your life to work as well. So. Yes. Yeah. And and, and it's like yes. Yeah, uh, I found with. Um, well, with, with even just doing Hatha yoga postures, like the, the, the flexibility a lot of times seemed to be coming as a byproduct of yeah. how relaxed the body, body mind was getting in meditation. And then, it, and then it worked as a nice assist to kind of continue this virtuous circle that sure it, it but it wasn't the driver of the meditation. It was, it was right. more of a, 
a halberd. Same with concentration, a byproduct. Like yeah. I, I was, I had great concentration as a child, and and as and it helped me in school, very good. And I developed it with these concentration methods when I was um, eighteen. But actually, I found that doing an effortless practice where I'm not even trying to concentrate seemed to open up a much deeper, more profound, naturalistic. Uh, function of concentration. Yeah. So again, the, you know, dhyana, you don't have to, you don't develop the dhyana. It, mm -hmm. it comes, it just comes after samadhi. Yeah. It comes it, like a baby. I, I, you know, people <laughs> use the, to, you know, so like, don't think of it like some hard ass staring at a candle. Think yeah. of it like a baby breastfeeding at, at its mother's breast or the mother, mother holding the baby. That's a naturalistic concentration, which cuts sharper than laser because it's, 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 it's more immersive. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, you just spoke about how as a child you had already these concentrative, uh, you know, abilities, so to say. Yes, I, I sometimes feel like, you know, uh, when as a child, we don't teach children to concentrate, do we? And uh, the whole procedure of learning is based around uh, creating a living, which is fine. I mean, you have to live and you have to earn mm -hmm. a living and stuff like that. But, you know, if somewhere there are actually techniques to help a child uh, yes. work with techniques uh, like concentration. I think uh, as they grow older, like, you know, one can have a more cohesive uh, life and a space, like not everybody needs to go into Samadhi and then the world, uh, I mean, the play will come to an end, but uh, in spite of that, you know, here's again, I, I think Samadhi is, is inclusive of the play it's inclusive and, and Samadhi is actually okay. our, Yes, I would say so. It's, it's our doorway to actually, how often, how I often see it is that we're all these, I, I would often see like, have this feeling when I was a kid, like that, that adult is not saying their lines. What are they doing? <laughs> I, I had this feeling it was a divine play and that because I could feel myself as like, flow wants me to go this way. But I could see like, you can try to fight the flow, but that just, uh, and, and so I realized that Samadhi was a doorway to actually saying your lines and actually having a fuller play. Uh, it, it, in, in that sort of sense. It wasn't nihilistic. It, 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 there were still things to do in, in the world and, and um, that we, there didn't need to be this kind of um, duality between um, the unbounded waters right. of Samadhi and, and the bound that in fact the bound was made of Samadhi ultimately and could even be experienced as as such, which which a lot of people do when they fall into, you know, um, Maslow's peak experience in, in a very deep way, like, like they fall into a synchronicity in which, in which, you know, they, they might even get a taste of, of, of that um, unity consciousness as TM would say, like, oh my God, everything just makes sense. And <laughs> there's a sense that you're, you're dancing and there's no effort and every, but yet everything's getting done. And, yeah. and, and so, yeah. So, you know, this thing, I'm going to just take on that point you were talking about like a while back, you know, there are a lot of people who uh, somewhere like, you know, everybody, you don't need to experience extreme pain all the time, but somewhere everybody mm. is trying to escape the present reality. They might be mm. in the best of situation, but there is a subconscious. I mean, that's mm. how we're all wired to look for something beyond uh, somewhere. So, mm. There are triggers and I come across people all the time, like, you know, they probably are not into meditation or something, but there is that like, is there something more to it or like, whatever it is, but there is this huge fear of like, you know, um, losing one's self and it takes a long time to realize you're losing nothing but initially on the path like people like freak out like if I lose myself then 
what happens to my car or what happens to my house and uh, there is a deep sense like you know like there is like two boxes to maintain like uh, you it's like almost like this is something this is dessert and probably there is another so uh, somebody for someone who is maybe starting out on the path or like you know there's this little bit of curiosity what would you tell them because uh, you know you open any book and say it's beautifully written like okay the ego must die and people freak out. <laughs> oh god yes I, I know. And, and of course some, some you know maybe there's there's a minority or, or a larger minority in the audience who who like when they hear it read the ego must die part of them might go like fucking cool man college yeah i know which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <damn. laughs> when is it going to happen <laughs> Right, right, and then you can have both the fear and that yeah. at the same time yeah. too. And that was the case for me. But um, I mean, there's so many different types. There's nothing I could I could say that that really would. I mean, I say like, well, it won't. <laughs> so, or go to the you know the, the you know the, the Christian uh, Bible, whether this is a good translation of the Aramaic or not. But you know, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all else will be added unto you. I have found to be very um, almost literally true. And in my life, whatever drove me, I, 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 there, there was some sort of inner, inner ascetic that that was really fine because you know so many things that happened in life was fine to let everything go, uh, even even like strange you know small travel desires that I'd had. I had a lot of wanderlust as a kid, and I want to go all these places. I didn't think any of them would happen because I didn't think I'd have enough money or whatever time to to do any of that sort of stuff. But but you know I let them all go, and then strangely enough, they all started piling. They all kind of happened. <laughs> In, in, in my life. I mean, the strange ones, like I wanted to go to Estonia, you know, Estonia, okay. the, the Baltic country. Um, there I was, you know, in, in Finland, and I realized, oh my God, Estonia is right across the water. Can we go on that ferry boat and go try to teach meditation in Estonia? And so enough that that happened. And, there, and um, um, you know, it's like I wanted to drive a particular type of truck, like an old truck, and and you know years later oh my god i'm driving an old truck as a gardener <laughs> you know this is like a lot of little niche yeah. things there there's a yeah. strange desire that i wanted to actually be a um be a dishwasher and eventually a cook in a monk run restaurant and it seems so improbable that such a thing would happen i didn't even know i wanted that <laughs> and there it was yeah. you know everything played out so i've kind of found that that's actually the more relaxed you, you progressively relax the nervous system. Don't worry if you like, but I gotta hold on. We all have that inside us, you know. But you know, if, if you if you can give that, you know, if you can bathe the the psyche, the psychology, including the ego, if it can, can get bathed into into some silence, into some calm, that grip starts to learn also how to relax. And, you know, it, 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 the ego could just as well be taught to relax. We don't have to destroy the ego world. We need it to a certain extent. We just don't right. need it to be the, the center. If, but it's, it has to be in the toolbox to make sure that we don't, you know, try to pet an anaconda or, you, you know, or, or walk right. off a cliff. Or, that, that's completely useful. Yeah. And, and so it, it, I find it that usually it's a gradual process with most nervous systems where it's like that letting go learns to expand a little bit more, contract a little bit more, and and until so it, it's kind of ah, you know, and, and it's so common. What I, I teach a lot of you know, a lot of my meditation students, will, you know, will be having these very beautiful, profound experiences. Uh, they'll they'll fall into like breathless samadhi, but it's mm. so common 
for for kind of the you know when when the physiology maybe just comes up a little bit more the 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 body and the ego turn on and say like motherfucker's gonna die let's gasp <laughs> <laughs> and, and i find that that act, that very physical is actually very indicative of the psychological too. yes it's yes. like it's trying to do its job it just has to yeah. kind of be coaxed a little bit and taught that you know that's not death and that's not death and that's not it's not the death you're thinking of and and, and, uh, this this is a very interesting thing, you know, because it's not just, uh, you know, some people who have been on the path, so they have these little satori moments, you know, they start experiencing it, but obviously the personality and yes. the ego is still there. So then there can be these calm moments and then it comes back like, you know, barking yes. like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, something is happening, like, you know, and yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, the physical body also starts re uh, reacting like, shit, what the hell is happening here? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but it's a process, right? I mean, at some point, like once the consciousness seeps in, like, no, it doesn't, I mean, there's no, it's not like yeah, a timeline. I mean, it's certainly, no, no, it's not a timeline. And it certainly can get into a, into a space where it's, you know, three steps of expansion, one step of contraction or something like that, yeah. you know, and, and that's, there's a very, whatever we, numbers you want to do it, there's a, there's a natural process of, expansion and then contracting but if you if you're kind of you can you can get a surplus of expansion with, without too much effort where where it's like okay we're yeah. a little bit consciousness is a little bit more used to being non-localized a little bit more um along the way and sort of uh, you could say integrating that non-localized yeah. strata with you know like <laughs> the very localized strata of driving a car and you, you know counting yeah. and, and all those sorts of things yeah. and and and, you know, that, so like somebody asked Maharishi Mahashogi, does enlightenment happen? You know, is, is, it, a, is it a sudden or, or you know, as, as there's schools that are very, even dogmatically kind of like, it's gotta be sudden uh, or is it a gradual or is, or is it gradual? Is it a sudden shift or is it gradual? And then he was, you know, coyly kind of said, it, it, you know, it's a gradual shift. You know, and he smiled and walked away. And the guy was like, oh, <laughs> you know, cause that's kind of true. It's like, I found that the, the whole, the whole vision you know, it, you know, it presents us in, in each samadhi. It's like we don't have to get better falling in. We we just can't take the whole vision away with us. We we just have to sort of take little bits of the whole little vision bits, until yeah. and and I think that whole vision is actually infinitely large. So it's not we don't have to worry about grasping the whole thing at any time anyways. It's always going to get bigger see, as we see, go. That's, a, that's another problem with people who are like, you know, let's say on the path or something, this idea of reaching a destination, because I went through it for a long time, you know, yeah, it has yeah. to go there. Something has to happen. And you know, uh, I think uh, life yeah. became slightly better when yeah. I said nothing has to happen. So the ego <laughs> yeah, mind yeah, yeah. still pops up, uh, raises its hood. I'm not saying like, you know, it doesn't come up with, oh, when is it happening? When are we getting the candy? But it's so much nicer when you realize there is no place to get to. Oh, sure. I, I mean, and how, but, and how could I, I almost think with most of us, how could you ask differently of, of the conditioned mind? Because most of our minds are conditioned to kind of try to grasp things in that way, yeah. you know, and like get an idea of a carrot at the end. And it works when you're writing a school paper, you can be shown an example of what it looks like and you can kind yeah. of engineer what you're doing to look like that. And it works in, and in a lot of ways in life, it can look like that, but not this way, <laughs> because you don't know what the carrot, because your mind, the little mind can't grasp that, can't get its teeth around. Right. Um, you know that care but and of course and that and that that wears off i mean it's like i used to get on myself uh, like ishtar you know 
why, why are you chasing these carrots? Just stop. Just, you know, and I really was like, oh, if I could only not chase these carrots, but just saying that it wasn't enough, wasn't effective and having to stop that I, it just, you know, had to, had to come about through this deepening and, and, and also through, you know, you know, you put your hand in a cookie jar, it's not on, on a hot stove yeah, enough yeah. times, you can <laughs> learn that way too. Like, okay, yeah, we don't want to do that. So that, that's yes. a process as well, till you realize that. Yeah. Uh, and especially, I think, when you start having glimpses of spiritual experiences, the ego mind mm. likes to cling to it. I mean, it is beautiful, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want yes. to be there? It's yes. amazing. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be yes. there? So that's when, like, you know, I think uh, the bigger, like, I won't call it a problem, but, you know, yes. I mean, it's like you just did blind, <laughs> yeah. you want it, right? it's like and of course like oh yes i have had this experience i want to be special i want to be loved oh you know i'm just gonna you know this is my golden ticket i'm gonna hold on to it and tell everybody about it and uh, you know that's that's so natural those beautiful lights let me see it again or something i mean i don't know it could be anything right so uh, yes yeah it's uh yeah so you know like my other question i had was like you know like a lot of people often tend to ask like you know do we need a teacher on the path but you know mm-hmm. um, i think life gives you a teacher like with your life itself like it shows that when you need something it comes through like just right there forward you know so yeah. i i mean for people i suppose who believe that they need a teacher or something because once you're on this path people you know really crave for a teacher or a guru or yeah. you know some yeah. mentor so, uh, and a lot of them do get disappointed and that disappointed, you know, often steers them to people like, you know, because it is, a, there are a lot of people out there with different intentions. Not everyone has the correct mm-hmm. intention either. So you can be misled. So to say that, okay, this is all a pristine place is, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Patently pat, wrong, yeah, patently <laughs> wrong. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> in India, we say for every how, you know, 10 real teachers, you have thousand who aren't. So it's true yeah. like Oof, <laughs> yeah. so but, but you think that if somebody has like the right intentions and like you know um, consciousness itself or like uh, whatever the spaciousness this higher power does power you to a space that is needed mm. for you at the moment so yes I do think so and, and of course how that shakes out there's going to be so much, um, obviously, so much variation from one person to the next. There's no yeah. formula that will fit everybody because I think we all have a very, a different bag of experiences or a different, you know, sort of track of destiny that that we're being propelled towards. That'll, right. that'll look very different. But in, in principle, I, I don't think you know, life with a capital L, forget <laughs> the capital L, or will you know, will come in and be the teacher. But sometimes, of course, life is is the teacher and it comes through a human being and maybe over one's life there might be several human beings uh that that one has as a spiritual yeah. friend that just makes sense right and and you, they but they don't necessarily have to last one's whole life because Absolutely. ultimately the i mean if we're going to use the, the word guru you know that the, the that teacher is nature itself you know playing disguise so it doesn't have to be some bearded person or some all-embracing mother figure. Uh, it, it, it can that that person can change, uh, and and often will as as one as as you change. Or if we maybe we have the same person, but you know maybe we live with a guru or live in an ashram for several years, but maybe the ashram becomes kind of a cage right. after a while, and and the, and the 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 next process of growth has to take place 
far away from one's spiritual friends yeah, yeah. making mistakes out in the world. But there's there's so many different ways it can go. So I, I think it's really wise to not be dogmatic about that ever, just because there's so much variation. I absolutely agree. And yeah, you know, sometimes it's like I, I love this old Chinese um, term uh, saying, which is of uh, the, the wrong person using the right means, if the wrong person uses the right means, the right means will work in the wrong way. Right. If the right person uses the wrong means, the wrong means will work in the right way. So there's, uh, you know, that speaks a lot to innocence and, and purity of heart and intent. Like a, a pure hearted person can, can run into like the absolutely the worst jackal of a person with the worst intentions for them and yet come somehow come through that experience and have gained an awful lot because it's not dependent upon that person or maybe they have a really crappy meditation technique if we could put them on the scale but the, the you know the purity in there is, is gonna yeah. is gonna push them through so there's that element for sure yeah, yeah. i yeah. don't know if you um have uh, you're aware of uh, swami vivekananda i mean if you've heard his name um mm, yes, so, yes 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 you, you know in there was this uh in his book or one of his uh talks you know like he talks about he says it boils down to one simple thing he's like intent it doesn't matter if you screw up somewhere if your intent is right it's all good you know so <laughs> it's it's um um you know like um there's something else like you know that popped up right now even in consciousness like um when you start off as it deepens there is like let's say i mean it's not like a linear kind of a progression but even consciousness deepens in different ways of course you can't describe it in words so the stillness you may have experienced 15 years back would be different now yes. because even that yes. opening keeps changing am i right like i mean this is something i you know yes. if you could tell us a little more about this like um, uh, it's not about like um spiritual experiences that I'm talking about those are obviously byproducts but uh, you know like just the space that also has an alteration right I mean it's not something yes it does it does and we could talk about this kind of on two axes not not to get too like technical like there's a yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a, a vertical axis of experience that can change and a horizontal that both can expand for instance there's you know like that which we're you know, that with a capital T, of course, we can talk about as sort of in a sense eternal and unchanging. So, we, but, but our experience of it certainly has so much room to grow. And, mm -hmm. and you know, like even, even in the first um, pada of, of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, depends on the one you get. There's so many different translations. We're talking about different, different gradations of samadhi. Yeah. Some, uh, and that's kind of like the vertical axis. Some of these don't even need to develop in order to sort of expand into enlightenment. They don't, they're not, mm -hmm. samadhi is the prerequisite, but originless samadhi, which is sort of the deepest samadhi he talks about, I think in, in, in Sutra 51, 50 or 51 of that first part, I don't remember, but uh, this, this experience where, you know, when you, when you first go into samadhi, you might just have a very unclear experience of it. You, you might say like a lot of uh, meditation students will say, I just went to some place. It felt like I fell asleep, but I know I didn't fall asleep. It's like, how can you be so sure you didn't fall asleep? And they'll really be adamant. So like, I know it wasn't sleep. <laughs> and so like, I know what you're talking about. So at first, you know, we, we, we might fall into this deep void. And that's why people call it a void in many ways. Um, but, and, but, and then we might progress in our meditation, that void, you know, which felt like a total emptiness. Now it suddenly feels like it's, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete fullness like the lights are on. It was a, maybe at first a completely dark space. Now it's a completely bright space. Of course, it's ne neither of those. Those are just our experience. And, and, right. and that's certainly 
goes as 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 you know i think a lot of it is we're you know we have this you know sort of multi-layered um, being spiritual physiology from the physical body to these very very you know different subtle bodies and so they all kind of have to get stretched out and and cleaned out and de-stressed and and the more de-stressed they become the the more we can actually pull out of samadhi the more it's it's like we we're diving to the bottom of the ocean at first we pop up real quick just you know just because we, we can't really stay down there too long you couldn't even force it if you tried but the more we touch it and the more everything changes you could stay down there for hours and then and then of course mm-hmm. that accounts for a lot of variation in samadhi and then and the horizontal axis it's it's all about um, um is is samadhi is the state seeping out of your closed eye meditation or out of your near-death experience or out of whatever specialized experience has been the gateway is it is it sneaking up on you is it is it are, you, are we able to sense it when we're having a conversation are we able to sense it when we're driving or doing anything or, or in our or in our dreams or in our sleep there's the seeping of of samadhi it doesn't have to be you know the front and center right, um, right. bit of a show but it's a, it's like, like it's a very profound baseline for many that doesn't go away but they can just feel that they're sitting in that. And that, that's where we get into, at least in the sort of the TM system, which I'm, you know, nominally come from, mm-hmm. uh, where, we, where, we, where we start sort of marking the word enlightenment in different places, where in, in this tradition, when we talk about nirvikalpa samadhi, um, uh, or sahaya nirvikalpa samadhi, if yeah. you want to, you know, add another term yeah. to it, this is what we're talking about. There's this unceasing kind of space that, that there's a, a connection to throughout throughout life and that that continues to go too. some people fall into that and they can even be in a kind of duality uh, in, in the sense that mm-hmm. they they have this great vast cave that they feel which i've totally been there <laughs> you know you, you you've discovered this vast witness and you're like oh my god my problems are over look at this the, the my is over there's no problems look at this oh my god i don't get doesn't matter to a certain extent but it's not the end of the game necessarily and yeah. because if there's that and and you think this chair or this person or or the words coming out of your mouth or what if you think there's something else if you think they're separate then we're not then not all of it we haven't quite um you know taken in all the all that's there to be seen or felt and experienced and, and this is where we you know that the, the horizontal axis keeps going because we might start to see the infinite in, in another person you know yes. we start to see it in in shares this um this is what, what tm say talks about god consciousness you know it's like uh, you're seeing god in things basically if you yeah. can put a form yeah onto the unformed that we call it god or whatever and and so it's kind of oh oh hello and then and then eventually there's this merging or there or there doesn't have to merge there's this realization that oh my god it's 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 all the same it's all the same vastness oh Uh, kind of like you know when we we all have an experience that our right hand is part of our body (laughs) most of us unless there's there's some wiring has been shut off but like okay this is part of the same yeah. reality the same th- and it's a very grounded on thing we don't question you know that that sense you know in, in the gut that the same thing can happen with 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 samadhi or with with experiencing silence uh, everywhere it's like oh my god this is all an emanation of the silence and that silence is me you know that you know in a sense so that and then there's more beyond that so the yeah. game never ends 
even in some months. The game never ends. Yeah, <laughs> you just shortened it. We could have just said that. We could have just, I, you could have cut, you should have shut me up. But no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't great. want to shut you up because, you know, this is something like I always like, you know, enjoy talking about. And uh, I can tell you there are many people who would love to hear this. And, you know, so, so, so which part of the game are you in now? Are you always plugged uh, uh. into? If you would, you can choose not to answer it. Oh no, no, no! Of course, I'm happy to. Uh, you, you know, I, you know the, with with the carrots sort of stuff. When when the carrots fell away, I stopped tracking that. So or attempting yeah. to track it. Yes, I'll say attempting, attempting to, because yeah. you can't, we're actually do we're, we're terrible trackers often of our of, of of where we're sitting until something comes up. But so let it, me specify: sort of, Do you see a table I, 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 as a table? Yes and no. I see a table as yeah. self often. Okay. I, I, so when I when I was given those descriptions, I was I was speaking from experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I you know remember, God, it must have been several years back, but I was just you know doing my everyday life at the time. I was uh, wasn't doing as much meditation teaching or or those other works. I was really doing what, you know, very normal jobs, you know, not yeah. some spiritual teachers <laughs> helping to, to, to repair houses. And I was designing gardens and I really enjoyed both of those things. And I was just walking around in my neighborhood. And then it just sort of suddenly dawned on me that, you know, cause I'd been enjoying this delicious silence, you know, just in, in the marrow, in everything for, for months, but I wasn't, you know, I was just thinking about it too much. And I just realized, oh my God, uh, you know, wow. Okay. We, we've, I guess we've, been experiencing ourselves and everything for a little bit for a little while. Uh, it, it, you know, just something had to something had to come, and then it's okay. So, so we're, we're sort of been swimming in that for a while, and you know, you can still experience them. Um, I remember I'd be pounding, um, hammering nails into mm. the, you know, do, yeah. doing some kind of carpenters carpenters work, and and there was just such a sense of seamlessness with with everything, uh, just just you know, kind of pop 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 pop. My God, you know, nothing special. I mean, it's completely mundane, but at the same time, it was very precious because there was just, there was no, there was no, no resistance um, right. that, that I would, you know, would have been feeling before. Uh, so, you know, I definitely modulate into that quite a bit. And then I don't know, then it's not always there so strong. So it's kind of like the same uh, expansion and contraction thing, which is right. at, at least in my life has been the case the whole time. Like when I uh, first discovered you know, in quotes, discovered first kind of discovered this this awareness. You know, I'd be in it, maybe have a great like half a day of being able to see it, and then stress would come up, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't remember that." <laughs> you know, like, "What are you talking about?" You know, it's just and 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 so you know, things have have always kind of progressed like like that, and and I haven't really noticed. Um, you know, it's, I often use the example of if you're going from one. Uh, country to another and you know the border is sort of like the, the right. border of the states of consciousness you're going from the u.s to canada you know you, you might not even notice you're in canada you crossed until, over. You, you, until you reach something very recognizably canadian so like that's not an american thing that's a canadian thing and, and it could be like that yeah I have two more questions. Is that do you have a few more minutes to spare or like um... I do, I do, I certainly do. Okay, yeah. thank you. So my next question is like, you know, do you think like I mean this is a very uh, instant coffee question, so you can shut me up right away. So <laughs> do you think um, somebody who is on the path they can um, intensify it quickly, or is it like you just have to let it kind of 
cloning <laughs> or are this i mean can somebody do to deepen the presence more quickly is is do you think it's possible <laughs> that that yeah that 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 ought to be really answered in, in, in two different levels of reality <laughs> in one way absolutely yes and one way probably not but but what's important is the absolutely yes uh, you know, you know, if we, if, if you, if, if you have it in you, if it's in your heart to, you know, somewhere to, to meditate for two hours a day, for instance, if maybe you're, you're meditating for no hours a day or 30 minutes, but if it's in your heart and your heart keeps saying like, yeah, let's go for this, let's do this, um, then go for it, you know? And uh, you know whether that whether that's you just being a puppet of of uh, the universe moving a bunch of beings that don't have free will around and, and absolutely couldn't do anything that doesn't matter, you know the, the if that song's in there to be sung sung and, and go sing it as if you do, uh, and I yes I do think you can intensify I, I do like the phrase um, that that enlightenment happens by accident but we can but spiritual practice makes us accident prone. I think right. that expresses the that squares the circle pretty well. Yeah, yeah, like, that that's a you, super you, line. Yeah, yeah. keep it that. You're like you can't, you you can't. You, yeah, I agree. That I agree that the fruit is going to fall on its own. But if you put like the sun right next to it, yes. it's going to ripen. You know. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The next thing you know, I found very interesting. I mean, um, was your interest in uh, the, in astrology? You know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm an Indian, you have to understand, we are dabbling in astrology the whole day. Everybody wants to know the future. But um, this is actually a very personal question, because I am interested in astrology, not because I do it, but I'm, you know, if you sit down with a horoscope with me, I'm going to sit there and, you know, uh, I can spend time somebody interpreting it. I find it quite fascinating. Yes. But there's, uh, for me, there has been a bit of a conflict now because every time I sit down with someone who's discussing astrology, I'm like, you know, if consciousness has to flow, then why do I need to know the future? And <laughs> you understand then why it seems like a personality trait, an egoic trait, or let's, what's going to happen to me, you know, as opposed to yeah, if I do yeah. trust consciousness and I'm allowing it to flow, then why do I need to know anything? Does it? Yes, does it, yes. Yeah, is it a oh yes i know i totally get that and in fact um uh well i don't practice astrology I, most of my clients don't come to me for to know their future so much but but also in in, in sort of modern western astrology uh it, it it does generally have a different orientation than a lot of the in many ways that um, vedic or, or geotish is practiced mm -hmm. still like there, there's some there, there's certainly some i, I call them spiritualized geotishis who are not doing the fortune telling thing? They're 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 look they're they're presenting in a different framework and, yeah. and, and they exist. But but yeah, I, I was I being trained in Western astrology. We almost use it as a system to, at least how I work with it, is I see it as a window into a person this the into a person's dharma, into the song of their soul. Ah, okay. And and so and it's not great as a prescriptive thing, it, but it, it's one of those descriptive you know it's okay. totally descriptive but it's one of those descriptive things that that allows people to maybe feel more into you know what's what's going on um in, in that the moment makes sense. And, and maybe yeah, yeah so th that's kind of the presentation but yeah i don't i don't look at my own transits 
really much okay. at all. And you know, God, no, I I prefer to just uh, do let things from the, yeah. the let it be and tune yeah. into the flow, basically. And and then I, later I look at the trance like, oh yeah, that that, you know, that Those stars of course, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. I have one uh, question for you, which wasn't there in my mind, but then because uh, it was there maybe. Um, so you mentioned something about a restaurant, okay? You being a cook, yeah. a yogi cook. So a couple yeah. of days back, I had a guest and he uh, told me uh, that, you know, one of his intense moments, like when he was going through like the transition, he used to make donuts. So this is actually my mm. last question. So do you have to be a good cook to be enlightened? How, how What happens? Do you guys first <laughs> learn how to cook, then get enlightened? Or is enlightenment, then you become good cooks? <laughs> Tell us the I secret. mean, I... I... <laughs> I used to think so, actually. No, <laughs> I've known some. I've known some uh, enlightened beings who were rubbish cooks, absolute okay. rubbish at cooking. So yeah, we have to take that off the table as a as a prerequisite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if we ask it in cooking, we won't get enlightened. Not necessary. So that's not like. Yeah, it's not that's, necessary. You that's might, not you might have a completely. <laughs> completely different um, dharma and arta. These 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 requirements might be completely going in another direction, okay. and you're, so yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that's that's good to know because I thought maybe you know there's a shortcut. Let's just all learn how to cook. This might help. So that that's off my list now. Then it's off your list. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah you, totally on my yeah. list. Yeah. Super. So before I wind up with you, Ishtar, do you want to like because this is a podcast and they're not going to be seeing you if people want to reach out to you how do they reach out to you because there might be someone who is interested in reaching out to you for meditation or you know or, oh yeah so oh how, okay um, um we'll go with my they, website that that's that's probably what, contacting what's your me website? Through... so so just tell me so i can spell <coughs> it out for them and uh, because you know everybody has a different calling so you don't know how to 10 people, there might be one person, right, you know, right. it's just a, uh, that intuitive thing. So they should know how to uh, just reach of out. Course. To of course. Uh, yes. And I try to get back as soon as I can. But um, on my, um, we'll use my meditation website. That's that's my oldest website. And and, and that one's address is www.ascension. So A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N dash meditation dot com so www.ascension-meditation.com wonderful yes and and uh, i have not had problems I, i've not heard that <laughs> maybe though I, I i seem to get all the emails that people send through the contact the various contact boxes but on there so with my experience if they need to reach out to you you will pop up on there feed <laughs> that's so strange because yeah. i don't have many followers and i don't uh, that's very strange <laughs> i am telling you your instagram just popped up that morning or afternoon or whenever and uh, you know like i told you the my first thing i was a little skeptical but then i said okay this seems right so well so I, I, okay, I think well. this this is this is very right uh <laughs> i'm i've been so glad to be on this podcast and you ask I'm glad you didn't make me go through my whole life story. Actually, you ask really good questions and I could probably talk to you for another hour as I get, you know, used to the flow of, of um, you know, the two of us. So, yeah, no, but Ishtar, I might get back to you again for a different episode. So since you've seen, you have made the offer now and I am going to, I might just bother you and bug you and then 
then I'll nicely put it on your plate and say, but you offered it, okay? Yes. So, yeah. yeah, no, but jokes apart, this was so nice of you to take our time. And because, you know, I mean, there's this time difference as well that we're working with. So it's so kind of you to do this. Really, really grateful for uh, this time with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>